Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. You are watching slash listening to me, DJ, and I am here with... Murph, uh, I'm here. We're going to do something very, very special today, today, aren't we, DJ? We are! We're going to spoil this entire pre-constructed deck. This is Aura of Courage, and I love pre-constructed decks. They have tons of new cards, they have great reprint value, and I cannot wait to talk about all the cool stuff in this thing. Ah! It's going to be very exciting. I'm so excited. All right. But before we get started, we got to thank the right people. First thing, Wizards of the Coast. Thank you, Wizards, for giving us this opportunity uh, to preview this card and uh, all the cards in this thing. It's yeah. awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we also want to thank Card Kingdom. Murph, do you like Card Kingdom? Uh, I love Card Kingdom. So if you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, that's the link I use whenever I want to get my cards, get my cards quickly. Um, I've noticed that now that we're starting to come a little bit out of the pandemic, that Card Kingdom's been a lot more snappy. They've been like getting cards to you within a couple days because I know a lot of uh, places have been having like shipping delays and stuff, but Card Kingdom is right there. Get you the cards you want, get you the cards you need uh, whenever you need them. Yeah, for sure. And I know that you're going to want to pre-order some of these new cards from these Commander Preconstructed decks. Pick up the whole deck itself. Uh, get ready for all this good stuff. And while you're over there, you can also check out some Ultra Pro products, okay? Or at your local game store, because Ultra Pro is amazing. Here's the thing that I love. The art on these cards are amazing. This whole set of Forgotten Realms, this Dungeons and Dragons themes, the art is fantastic, and Ultra Pro has the licensing to do all that art, so if you see something beautiful, if you you see something majestic that you want to have on your playmats, you want to grace your decks with, then you need to look at Ultra Pro products. And speaking of Ultra Pro products, the Command Zone has a Kickstarter. It is a Game Nights deck box. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It looks really sweet. Uh, it's an Ultra Pro deck box. It fits two deck box. Uh, it fits two decks in it, uh, some dice and stuff. It's got the big red Command Zone logo on it. Looks really sweet, and really sick. And a ton of little Command Zone logos. A ton of little Command Zone logos lining. on the inside. Oh my yeah. Gosh. <laughs> it is so good. Okay. It's in limited supply. So hopefully they're still around when you're hearing this. Otherwise, go over to Kickstarter, check it out. Don't wait because um, we 
we printed so many of them and we can't just like make more out of nowhere. It's already pretty low, like right now. Right now? Recording, yeah. Oh my gosh. So. Okay, get on over there. Um, and also, we got to thank all of the people that support us directly over on Patreon. We love our patrons so much. We talk to them on our Discord server. They get to see a lot of our content early. They're amazing. And one perk that you get for being a patron is that we dedicate an episode to one lucky one. And today's episode is dedicated to... Mike, Mike Lopez. Lopez. Mike, you rock. You rock, Mike. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. So we we got to get into it. We got to talk about this Bant pre-constructed deck. We got to go through all the cards. We got to talk about the reprint value in there. We got to thank Wizards one more time. One thing to note is that we have a lot of content coming out around these sets. We're going to do an upgrade guide for this deck. That's later. We're going to look at these commanders and go in detail. That's later too. We're going to evaluate every single commander card from all of the pre-constructed decks. That's later. This is the preview episode where we're going to go over things just a little bit and introduce you to the deck and get you pumped for playing it. We're just going to show off a little bit, a little bit of the mechanics, but we're not doing a very deep dive into each of the individual cards. So stick around, stay tuned for more content. All that stuff. You should yeah. probably like like and subscribe this video and like sign up, Ding. subscribe, hit, hit the, the bell. Yeah, bell. hit yeah. the bell icon, all that good stuff. All right, all right, all right. Cards, cards, <laughs> cards, 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 cards. Let's cards, talk cards. about cards. Okay. There are 17 new cards, three new legendaries. We previewed the face commander of this a week ago, but Murph, let's give another read to... Galea, Kindler of Hope. Galea is a... Four mana, four, four, one green, white, blue, vigilance, legendary creature, elf, knights. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast aura and equipment spells from the top of your library. When you cast an equipment spell this way, it gains. When this equipment enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. So it seems pretty like a Voltron-ish commander, but it cares about both aura and and equipments together. I love that it cares about auras and equipments together because sometimes I don't want to pick and choose. I don't want an all aura deck or an all equipment deck. Yeah. I want to play the cool things that just happen to work. And so this commander now synergizes with all of them. Great colors too. Bant. Bant, yeah. Yeah, Bant, uh, Voltron, Bant, Smash people seems to be really good. But also this isn't really a, a smashing focused Bant commander. This seems to be value generating, you know? You play off the top of your deck. That's, that's pretty good too. Yeah, you want the value in order to like they play stuff off the top of your deck but then incidentally i'm sure there's going to be a ton of stuff that will get your commander big or a different creature big and you will be smashing phase and beating phase regardless so it's a it's an interesting cross synergy that cares about equipment auras value and beating face yeah usually in a deck that's chock full of equipment and auras i don't i don't need my commander to already be big like i'm yeah. gonna make it big you know uh and this one lets me get card advantage by playing off the top and also like cheat mana yeah because every time you cheat an equipment onto another creature like that is mana cheating like you've saved mana right there and so i'm interested in cheating just like the most difficult to equip things onto creatures and then doing it quickly too like you can play something off the top of your library cheat it onto something and then suddenly Suddenly you're swinging out of nowhere, it can be really surprising to your opponents. That's the kind of uh, synergies that you want with a Voltron deck. Yeah. It's an interesting card. Lots of very cool, relevant abilities. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I am too. I think that the one downside that I can see is that sometimes Voltron commanders have hexproof protection in some way. Yeah. Right. And there is no protection. So I think that if you play this, people are going to see how powerful it is and they're going to be like, I, I want to kill that. Yeah. You know, that might be the downside. Maybe that means that you run a lot of equipment or auras that help protect your commander. 
yeah, that help protect it, give evasion, stuff like that. I do like the vigilance, though, because that means that you can just, like, buff it up with stats, and then people aren't going to want to swing at you. Yeah, people were talking scary. about that, about how Voltron decks are sometimes vulnerable to being attacked back. Yeah. You know, and so vigilance helps out a lot more than you think, and I think that's a really good point, Murph. Absolutely. Okay, so, overall, face commander. Thumbs up? Thumbs, thumbs up. Sideways, thumbs up? Thumbs up. I like I think it. Thumbs I, up I, too, I, I sure. want to see how it plays. For sure. All right. Now, I'm going to be talking about the secondary commander in here. It's not the face card, but it's a cool one. It's Storvald, Frost Giant of Jarl. It's four green, white, blue for a 7-7 seven, seven legendary creature giant. It has ward three. Other creatures you control have ward three. And when Storvald enters the battlefield or attacks, choose one or both. Target creature has base power and toughness 7-7 seven, seven until end of turn. Target creature has base power and toughness 1-1 one, one until end of turn. So you play this big old giant mm -hmm. and you say, hey, friend over there, <laughs> you can be a 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> and then you look across the table and you're like, hello, potential blocker. You can be a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> <laughs> so this really facilitates attacking quite nicely. Yeah, it seems a lot of fun. Like, it seems like this is the type of card where you want to have a lot of small creatures on your end. And then once you play your commander, well, now you can buff up those small creatures and attack with it. Hopefully you'll have something on the board too. This is a seven drop, which yeah. makes me feel a little bit like it's it's a little bit more casual in my mind because, yeah. you know, when I have a seven drop, I need to have some like big splashy effect and making seven sevens is definitely fun, but it's not like your whole team or anything like that. It's just one creature, a seven seven. Um, I like ward. Yeah, I like the ward three on it specifically because it is a seven drop. It is a seven CMC commander or I just, just like creature ward in, general. in general, right? Yeah. Like I think ward's a really cool mechanic. Uh, one thing that I think I like a lot in this is... Uh, pumping up hydras oh you're pumping up things so you can have a small creature but i think what would be really cool is having a big hydra and so hydras are unique uh, or other creatures like this that are zero zeros but have a number of plus one plus one counters on them That's so it. then you turn them into seven sevens they get all of that seven boost and then they still have that many plus one plus one counters on them uh if you were to have a three three on the battlefield three three beast you happen to have yeah. and you make it a seven seven you're only pumping its power plus and toughness plus four plus four yeah math yeah, so uh, Hydra is like, you keep the plus one, plus one counters, and it's a zero, zero base, and then you turn So you get seven, full seven boost on there. So that's what I, I like that a lot. That's snazzy. Um, Craig likes Infect. <laughs> <laughs> Just go throw that out there. Craig, <laughs> Craig likes Infect. <laughs> All right, so those are the two uh, Bant commanders in there. Those are the ones that you can easily have run this deck, but there's another new legendary. It's Selesnia, so you can't just like easily swap without removing all of the blue cards, but uh, she's cool. Give us a read, Murph. All right, so it is a, it is, Ketabri of Mithril Hall. This is the wife of Drizzt. Oh. Uh, it is a green-white 2-2 legendary creature human archer with first strike and reach. And whenever it attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it for each equipment attached to it. You can pay one, remove all plus one plus one counters. It deals X damage to target attacking or blocking creature and opponent controls where X is the number of counters removed this way. So it's... A pretty interesting card. Uh, a lot of like old-fashioned archers, they'll like tap and deal damage to attacking or blocking creatures. Yeah. This doesn't tap in order to do that, but it still has that type of text where it cares about dealing damage to attacking or blocking creatures. But in this case, it's more about equipment. It's more about plus one plus one counters. So it's a it's a bit of a deviation from what we'd expect for an archer. Now there are equipments that add plus one plus one counters to creatures, so That's that true. that could be good too. Um, 
there are equipment that give death touch. Mm -hmm. So I could see oh, that. Like, that. you know, attack, get the counter. It's got death touch. No one wants to block it. And you're like, all right, I'm going to like, you're, I'm, you can't attack me because yep. I'm just going to remove the counters and <laughs> death touch boop. something to death. Or if you block, I'm just going to go boop and kill the thing. It feels very archery, right? Yeah. It's just a green white Tim deck now. Pew! <laughs> <laughs> deal a damage. Deal a damage. I kind of like that. Uh, what do you think about having to remove all the counters to deal that damage? Does that make this kind of slow? You can only activate it kind of once a turn. Oh, you do have to remove all the counters. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, I do like it, it's a two mana commander or a two mana card, and it's a two two. So at face value, like it's it comes out early, and you can start getting value out of it pretty early. But yeah, you do have to stack the plus one plus one counters on it a little bit. Uh, I mean, I actually think that as soon as you get to a certain size, you don't need to shoot things down. Just this is a threat on its own. Yeah. So maybe in the early game, you control the board with some shooting, and then once you have so many counters on it, you're like, all right, that mode is kind of turned off because it's it's too much to take all the counters off. Yeah. Instead, it just keeps attacking, keeps attacking. Yeah. Synergizes and with equipment, something like that. Given that, the only way that it gives itself plus one, plus one counters is by attacking. You can only do that once per turn. It's likely that you're only going to have a couple counters on this at a time. And so that's when like the death touch equipment comes into play there, where you only want to be dealing that one or two damage. So I think it's a really, really cool, really unique build around that you can definitely get a lot of value out of. Sounds great. Overall legendaries? Overall legendaries? You like them? Uh, I do like them. I, I like the Frost Giant probably the best. It's seven CMC, Ooh. but it's very, very cool. You like the big, you like the big giant the best. Okay, big smash, make things seven sevens. <laughs> make your Love stuff it. a one one. Add some goat in there, make them block. Ooh, I like that it. was sneaky. <laughs> I like that a lot. All right, great new new legendary creatures. I can see them going in a lot of different decks, mm -hmm. but we're not done. We have tons more new cards to talk about. Let's just jump right into the next category. Look. The face commander deals with auras and equipment. So we're going to hope that there are a bunch of new pieces of auras and equipment. And guess what? There are. There are. <laughs> Spoiler we've alert. Got, yeah, we've got <laughs> six new pieces of aura equipment and, and they're great. They're really fun. Uh, let's jump right into them. All right. So first one, first up, we've got Holy Avenger. This is an equipment from D&D. It's two and a white artifact equipment. Equipped creature has double strike. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, you may put an aura card from your hand onto the battlefield. Attached to it, equip two and a white. So it is a white equipment. It has a white equip cost. So this can only go in white decks. But even so, giving something double strike is no laughing matter. <laughs> yeah, double strike can do a lot of damage in this. I mean, I think that when people think of Voltron and Bant, they think of Rafik. You yeah. know, Rafik of the Many, and that grants double strike for attacking. So I think that, you know, if you do like this theme, you know, getting a double striking equipment could be really good. What I love is that it lets you play with auras really nicely. Yeah. Right? It, like it, it kind of gives you that balance. So if you want to go all equipment, fine. If you want to go all auras, fine. There are cards that do that already. But the idea of blending the two yeah. and having them overlap in certain ways, like that's awesome. Yeah, this so, card does a great job of blending the two because it's an equipment that also cares about auras. So it does exactly what the face commander is wanting to do. What aura, overlap would, you, there. What aura would you cheat in, Murph? What aura would I cheat in? I mean, a curse. <laughs> Whoa, a curse. Nice tech. Mm. I mean, I think I, I, I'm going to go with Eldrazi Conscription. Eldrazi it's just like Conscription. The biggest oh. aura ever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think Craig would go with what? Corrupted Conscience or something like yeah. that to make, to make <laughs> it have infect or something like that. It's fine. Uh, but, but automatically, like we're, we just thought of three amazing things to cheat on to play with yeah. this card and people aren't going to want to block the double strike. It just makes it so intimidating. Um, and by the way, like the, 
the cost to cast and equip is pretty comparable to other, you know, double striking things like grappling hook or fire shrieker yeah, or something like, like that. Like fire shrieker's three and two, I think, and this yeah. is three and three, and you get that plane ores for free. Yeah. So, so assuming you're in that strategy regardless, I think that that's a great include. I also love the um, flavor because in D&D, the sword makes an aura around you. Oh, that and you get to cheat in allies. auras into play. And you get to cheat in auras. So it's like... Beautiful synergy. Murph, bring in the flavor. Flavor. Awesome. Love it. All right. Next up, we have Mantle of the Ancients. It's three white white for an enchantment or a enchant creature you control. When Mantle of the Ancients enters the battlefield, return any number of target aura and or equipment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to enchanted creature. And enchanted creature gets plus one plus one for each aura and equipment attached to it. This card's nutty. This card's great. This card's nutty. It just rebuys all of your auras <laughs> and equipment from the graveyard and just like whoop, sucks them back up to an irrelevant creature and then still pumps them. Yep. You know, Retether is a card that sees lots of play in aura decks and people love it, you know? Yeah. And if this is another version of Retether, that's great. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it synergizes both with equipment and auras lets us blend that line a little bit yeah. between auras and, and artifacts. And also, if you are just playing just an aura deck or just an equipment deck, really doesn't matter. Like, this card is still great because yeah. it'll give you all the equipments back that have gone away, all the auras back that have gone away, like, and it buffs whatever you enchant with it. Yeah, and I think that that's what people are afraid of when you play these decks because these types of decks, you need the creature committed to the board and you need everything stacked up on it, yeah. which means that you have a heavy investment to the battlefield and so a board wipe, a vandal blast, you know, anything that sort of wipes your game plan away can be devastating to the way that your deck works. So literally all you have to do is sandbag this until somebody's like, okay, I'm going to remove all that stuff and you're like, okay, don't care, get it all back, swing at you for lethal. Yeah, you need cards like this to help you get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you can get stuff back like your Lightning Greaves and your Swift Foot Boots, and suddenly you have a threat that's attacking with haste out of nowhere. That they can't get rid of. <laughs> exactly. So, like, these are sort of game-ending effects that are incredibly powerful. Yep. All right, moving on. Next one is Robe of Stars. It's a one in a white artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus O plus three and has astral projection, where you can pay one in a white equipped creature phases out and has equip one. So it's pretty inexpensive to cast and equip. It's one in a white and then one to equip. But in order to phase out, you do have to pay that extra mana. So what, what do you think of this card, DJ? So I at first thought it was it was fine. You know, you need, yeah. you need protection in these decks. I talked about how, you know, you put a lot of stuff onto the battlefield. And so protection is always good. Um, but I was unimpressed by just buffing its toughness. You mm-hmm. know, in these kinds of decks, I want to be able to attack. And sometimes pumping toughness does allow it to attack a little bit better. But yeah. most of the time, I want more power. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I want, I want evasion or something like that. Uh, so I immediately thought like, oh, well, I guess this works really well in Doran or any other toughness mm-hmm. matters decks really, really well. Um, but then Craig came to me and said, oh, 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 you are underestimating this protection value. Yeah. And I really, and honestly, I really was because this has an amazing activated ability because not only does it phase out the creature, it phases out everything attached to it. Yes. So uh, sometimes people will try to like, oh, I'll acidic slime those swift foot boots on your, on your commander, you know, and someone else will be able to take that out. Well, okay, I'm going to phase it out. Not only does the commander phase out, but everything attached to it, every piece of aura, every equipment. So it provides a whole level of depth of protection, not only to your commander, but everything equipped to it. And when you phase out, it's so difficult to interact with it. Yeah. That's something that's a lot of modern or like more recent players have uh, just don't know about phasing because the way that most people stupid. 
stupid. Well, most people interact with like Teferi's protection and it just phases everything out. So you're like, okay, I know everything's going to phase out. Mm -hmm. But the important part of phasing, like you said, is that it phases it out and everything attached to it. And that's not something that a lot of people will run into. So you can like get a lot of people with this just like, oh, actually, I'm just going to phase everything out. Wait, you can do that? Yes, I can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I think it's great levels of protection, and I'm I'm a big fan. I I do think it's a big cost to hold up to. Yeah, yeah. Not as bad as I mean, two to protect something. I am willing to pay that cost. Two is not the worst. That's yeah. like heroic intervention, man. Or counterspell. counterspell. You know what I mean? Like those those are things that we're used to holding up, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's I don't think it's horrible, but it is definitely a cost. The one thing that I'm I'm a little bit disappointed about it is see those stars on the robe. I do. Uh, those are actually magic missiles. Uh, in D&D, you can remove a star and use it as a magic missile. I want a magic missile. I want a magic missile something, too. Wait, why I, can't I magic missile on this? I mean, I feel like they simplified it for the sake of, like, okay, what is the most, uh, like, thing that's this a piece Robo of equipment stars is enters the battlefield for. with four magic missiles. Remove its deal one cool. damage to target. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but they just went and focused on the uh, phasing part, the astral projection, which totally makes sense. Got it. Okay. Because uh, like Robe of Stars, you can go to the astral plane. Oh. You can use an action, go to the astral plane and just like peace on out. What do you do in the astral back. plane? Just like get just donuts, you chill? Just hang out. Okay, cool. I like that. Avoid combat. <laughs> <laughs> <Mostly>. <laughs> can I like go and like do my homework over there and then like come back to, yeah. and have everything ready? Okay, cool. I like that. Uh, all right, I got another piece of equipment for you here. It's winged boots. It's a one and a blue for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature has flying and ward four. And it has equip one. I really like this card. I like it like quite a bit. It feels like Swiftfoot boots, right? Yeah. Two to cast, one to equip. Ward four is is pretty close to, to um, Hexpert, right? Yeah, because we were liking the ward three on that big old giant dude. But ward four, like, that's your hard to, to do. Your source, your source of power shark is five. five. That's, his, that's like best case scenario. Yeah, you have a one sure. mana removal. So it's going to be very, very difficult to try to get rid of something that's equipped with the winged boots. And flying is, like, that's that's just such a great ability it's to have. It's evasion. There's a lot of decks out there that do care about flying too. Yeah. And so I could see that they, they might want that. Uh, is flying... Where does flying rank in terms of evasion? Would you rather have trample or flying in some of these or an equipment matter stuff? Flying, absolutely. Okay. Because, yeah, what usually happens in commander games, especially in these pre-constructed commander games, is that the board will just get cluttered with a ton of stuff and it's just hard to punch through damage. And the flying creatures, the flying stuff just gives you that extra oomph. So you feel like it's, you're through. way more likely to have something cluttered on the ground and yes. not be able to get through with trample, but flying can oftentimes... Uh, even if you don't get through one turn, you just kind of pick away at them. You yeah. Know? And they, they can never muster enough creatures to actually take yours down in the air. Yeah. Because worst case scenario, say your commander's a 4-4 four, four with Vigilance, like that's already pretty big. Yeah, like, you're the, right. like it's dragons that it fights with and that's about it. Like you can get rid of all those small flyers just by keep attacking, keep attacking, keep attacking. Hope I want something more than a four four though. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to attack. Ideally, with four, four we're talking Come about. On, I don't want to We're talking about the floor here. <laughs> the ceiling uh, is great. The floor also not bad. Do you think that this is so good? Like I mentioned, Swiftfoot boots. Do you mm -hmm. think it's good enough to compare to it, or do you think Swiftfoot boots is like way out of its this cards league? Um, I think it's a little bit of a different scenario for what you would include both in because oftentimes I know personally I'll include lightning greaves or swift foot boots because I care mostly about the haste. The protection mm -hmm. is great, but I care most about the haste. I want to. Play it, play my commander, 
equip it, go. So this would be more comparable to something that grants evasion like trample or, I don't know, uh, trailblazers, boots, that gives non-basic landwalk or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that, or maybe like whisper silk cloak. Got I it. So, so kind of a false comparison a little there. Got it. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I know a lot of people will run whisper silk cloak, but that's like three to play and two to equip, which I think is just like a little bit pricey. Yeah. Just for something that you want to have like be unblockable. No, I think sure. winged boots does a pretty darn good job of trying to fill that same good slot. comparison i like that yeah for sure all right well we will be right back after this message from our sponsors angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the era. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Next up, we have Belt of Giant Strength. One in a green. Artifact equipment. Equip creature has base power and toughness 10-10. Equip 10. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but this ability costs X less to activate, where X is the power of the creature it targets. Okay. But here's the thing. If you... So, if you have a 5-5, five five, mm -hmm. it costs 5 left to, less to equip, but it doesn't boost it 10, boosts it only 5. Yeah. So, it's always going to equip for the amount it buffs it for. Correct. Unless you have, <laughs> unless you have hydras where they're ten ten hydras, <laughs> where they're a ten ten, and they equip for free, and then they become a twenty twenty. This is going in every hydra deck because, <laughs> I mean, I think so, I right? Think it does because it has the the base power and toughness ten ten affect small creatures the best. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it just also goes in this deck because you cheat it onto a creature, right? That's true because uh, with like, the commander's ability, you can yeah, play from the top. You of your You cast deck it off the top of your deck, free. and it goes whoop, and it just equips to something and makes it huge because ten ten is intimidating. Yeah. Like two to cast, and then if you have something else that can just equip for free or 
something like that. Yeah, like cigar is eight or other. There's yeah. tons of different things that like tap to attach, or you can move things around, like halvar. Halvar, you know, can have you move things around and stuff like that. Yeah, I think if, if you have like a critical mass of those types of effects, then this is a great include. Yeah, it feels in like those. it goes in the same decks that Colossal Hammer goes. Yeah, into, right? I, I love Colossal Hammer. It's such a fun card. Okay, what do you think about this one? Uh, I mean, I like it. Uh, I, I really like that. I think, it, I think you need to cheat it because I, I am not going to be. I'm not going to be happy paying six to equip this to pump something up six power and toughness yeah yeah because i do love the flavor of it the equipped creature has base power and toughness 10 10 because mm-hmm. the belt of giant strength it sets your strength uh modifier to something specific it'll set it to oh. 20 it sets it to 21 depending on the power of the belt of strength that you have so so is there are the in D, can you like go out there and you get a belt of strength but it's like from like a sheep and like it sets your strength to three and you're like this belt of giant strength sucks I mean, technically, you could homebrew something like that, but I don't know why you would. <laughs> that seems a little silly. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. It just kind of sets your strength and that's it. Yep. Yeah. So I really like how they were able to take like mechanics from D&D and mechanics from magic and like fuse them together because it would have been so easy to say this gets plus five, plus five or something like but that. But that's not the Belt of Giant Strength. But that's not the Belt of Giant Strength. Got it. So I really that's like cool. that they went to the trouble of doing that's that. That's very cool. I'm glad you're here, Murph. Can you tell Can you tell that I don't know the, <laughs> the D&D stuff? I'm like, what happens if you kill it? I'm thinking about WoW. When you, you know when in World of Warcraft... Well, basically D&D. When you go, it's basically... Oh my gosh, people are going to hate me. <laughs> we got to cut this out. I got to gotta keep going. Okay. Uh, Sword of Hours is a two-mana artifact equipment. Whenever equipped creature attacks... Put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, roll a d12. If the result is greater than the damage dealt or the result is 12, double the number of plus one, plus one counters on that creature. And it has equipped two. So that's a lot of words. It what is. What does it do? <laughs> okay. Two and two. So two to, uh, to cast and two to equip. Okay. Immediately does nothing. Cool. That's not cool. Okay, yeah, that's, okay. that's not that great. So anyways, but here's the what thing. It's equipment. Good. You want to attack with your equipment. So I as do. soon as you attack with it, your creature gets a plus one, plus one counter on it. Sick. There are other things that equipment that do that too. But again, I'm, I'm still not happy with two to cast, two to equip, just add a plus one, plus one counter to something. Every time it attacks? Nah, it's not great so far. It's, it's, fi- it's fine. But then, whenever equipped creature deals combat damage... Again, that's a hoop that you have to jump through because mm-hmm. combat damage triggers are can be really good. The swords of have really powerful combat damage triggers, and sometimes yep. it can be difficult to get that damage through, especially when you're not pumping the power or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, roll a d12. So if I'm going to roll a d12, I'm going to statistically roll a six most of the time. So yeah, let's think about that. It's a 12-sided die, so yeah, about six. Or six, seven. six and a half, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if the result is greater than the damage dealt or the result is 12... Double the number of plus one plus one counters on that creature. So if I have my commander, mm-hmm. I attack and put a plus one plus one counter on it, it's five. Okay. I'm statistically likely to roll higher than that. So it'll double the number of plus one plus one counters on it to um, so no. six. Or no, seven now. Yeah, no. so, so no, it's, it's, just, it adds, it's one more. It adds one more plus one plus one counter. Well, that's not that impressive. Well, it's not that impressive. I think it has to hit again then, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel so you like... you attack again, you get another plus one, plus one counter. Now there's three plus one, plus one counters on it. But now you have to get lucky because now it has power seven. So you have to get a little bit lucky. And then when you double that, it'll become a 10-10 because it'll have six plus one, plus one counters on it. I feel like this card in particular goes a lot better on smaller evasive creatures. 
right? Because then you can get that combat damage trigger in, and then you, you say, okay, well, I didn't do that much damage, so of course I'm going to get the double of plus one, plus one counters. Mm -hmm. Do that a couple times, then you have a giant evasive flyer for not that much. Can you just be lucky and roll a 12 every time? I mean, that's 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 the goal, That's right? my. That's, <laughs> that's my, what you want to do. Can that be my strategy? Can I be smart and just roll 12s? I don't think... That's a very greedy strategy. Okay. I don't know if that's going to work out well. <laughs> uh, so that means that if we do want it on smaller creatures, we do want to kind of move it around, right? Yeah. So is this two equip prohibitive to that strategy uh, i don't think it's too prohibitive two to equip is kind of like the sweet spot of like okay powerful stuff like the swords have two to equip and you can move them around semi-easily it's not the easiest thing in the world like a swift foot boots yeah. or lightning greaves but it's also not too bad definitely not as easy as lightning greaves. definitely not as so, easy. nothing's as easy as lightning greaves <laughs> so i think that we like we mentioned the swords twice and this does not come anywhere near them no because they have way more powerful on deals damage but rolling is fun adding plus one plus encounters permanently buffs your creatures yep. so if you're in some sort of deck where you can sort of move this around or if your strategy is like mine and you just plan on rolling 12s all the time mm -hmm. then then, then it it's could perfect be, then it could be perfect. no problem like i just described the scenario where this attacked for a second time and became a 10 10 that would be way better i like that a lot yeah. i want well, to do that but then it's still a 10 10 so then i'm when i roll a 12 the next time yeah because you, you have know, to keep rolling yeah 12s. it'll be a 16 16 or something like that so it seems like a really fun card yeah it'll at be, the very least and, and again if you are good at rolling 12s it's an amazing card <laughs> <laughs> all right those are the ores and equipments um I think that like Holy Avengers insane mantle of the ancients is spectacular getting yep. everything back. Uh, and then robe of stars is sneaky good. Uh, and then some of the other ones seem a little bit more narrow, mm -hmm. but I like, I like fun. the winged boots. You like the winged boots? I like the winged boots quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. For I'll, sure. I'll be putting that in a tons of decks. Awesome. Great, great, uh, diverse, uh, group of ores and equipments. It's not yep. just pump power and toughness. It's like, we do different things. That mm -hmm. seems really cool. All right. Next so. up. We're going to move on to uh, some interesting draw or card advantage uh, strategies in this deck. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's what it is. Yeah. Interesting, interesting card advantage stuff. Let's All start right. off with a Elky Boy. Faye Steed, two white, white creature, Elky Boy. It says that on the card, probably. Whenever Faye Steed attacks, another target attacking creature you control gains indestructible until end of turn. Whenever a creature or planeswalker you control becomes the target of a spell or ability and opponent controls, you may draw a card. And it's a 4-4. Four, four. Huzzah! Huzzah! Oh, wait. I gotta get it rid of mine. All right. Um, white cards that facilitate facilitate attacking are not something that I'm, like, super enthused about. Mm -hmm. But I am enthusiastic about drawing <laughs> cards. It's one of those Mongara things, right? Where you look at the attacking thing, the attacking clause, oh, and you're yeah. like... Well, this card's not that good. And then you realize that that other clause about drawing additional cards is on there when uh, people cast extra spells and you're like, okay, never mind. This is great. That being said, how good do you think that second ability is? I don't think that you're being targeted that much. Like Shaper Sanctuary or like some of those other effects uh, where if they target it, uh, a lot of times they don't trigger. And if they do trigger, they trigger like once or twice. Yeah. To be fair, if this triggers you drawing two cards, this is like a elk mold drifter and it's amazing yeah you know but i don't think that you can reliably guarantee that it does trigger like that uh, i think it depends on your meta if you feel if you find yourself playing against a lot of single target removal mm -hmm. a lot of creatures that have a lot of interaction and this can reliably draw you one or two cards like big thumbs up yeah uh if people just avoid it and like your lines of attack aren't even that great i don't know yeah so then that being said 
the second ability is just okay. What do you think about the first abil ability in combination with the second ability? Does that make it like a somewhat okay card? Giving, granting something indestructible? Yeah. It doesn't grant itself indestructible, and That's it's true. not that big to I mean, be able to tangle four, in combat. Four. That's not bad. But in Commander, we want more than a 4-4 four, for four, 4. Yeah. Our 4-4s, four, like, our 4-4s four, for four, <laughs> like, need to be amazing, and you're not slamming Questing Beast in every single green deck. Says who? Are <laughs> Murph. Are you slamming Questing Beast in every green I deck? I would if I built green decks. I, I don't have a green deck. He doesn't even, you don't even have a green deck? That's a lie. I have Svela. That's the only one other than five color that has green in it. Unbelievable. Look, yeah. I think I would play this for the art. This is, by the way, cutest card of the pre-constructed deck. Going to go right out there and say it. Uh, <laughs> he's adorable. Automatically. It's an elk. Automatically. Goes straight in the elk tribal. Every elk tribal deck ever. Yeah. Probably one of the best cards in elk tribal. <laughs> Can you think of a better one? No, I can't. <laughs> Goes great in Josh's uh, Gigantha. Grandma got run over by a reindeer deck. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, we're finding... Guys, we're finding corner cases for this. Uh, I think it depends on your meta, and if yeah. they have single target removal, I think it's awesome. Um, but then the floor is too low because I don't want an attacking 4-4. Four -four. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's meta-dependent. Keep an eye on it. If your meta gets there, then it's worthy of an include, maybe. Sounds good. All right. Next, we have Nethery's Puzzle Ward. It's three and a blue for an enchantment. It says, focus beam. At the beginning of your upkeep, roll a d4, scry x where x is the result. It also has perfect illumination. Whenever you roll a die's highest natural result, draw a card. That's interesting. So it will automatically roll at the beginning of your upkeep no matter what. And if you hit whatever that highest natural roll is, then you draw a card. So I like that it's a d4 because that's the smallest dice that you can possibly use. So 25% of the time, you're drawing a card. Yeah. Wait, that's not that good. It's not that good. It's not that good. So <laughs> you definitely need other... For four mana and enchantment, like you would actually draw a card every turn. Yes. Like there are lots of them out there that can just say, hey, four mana every turn, just draw a card. Yeah. I think that this is pretty fantastic in a deck that does care about dice rolling, right? Ooh, so you just need to have... You need to be rolling more than one die a turn. Yeah, it needs the support because don't discount the scry. You are going to be scrying, so you're going to be getting some card filtering, which is really good. But if you're filtering every upkeep like a OG Thassa or something, but also drawing cards randomly whenever you roll the best possible roll on dice. So we have to suspend we have to suspend our judgment for this until we see the entire set, see we all the die rolling cards. Yeah. Because if there are cards out there that just have us just like taking handfuls of dice and throwing them on the battlefield. Because mm -hmm. like because it's each die. Whenever you roll a die's highest natural yeah. result. So if there's a card out there like good old Buzzbark or something like that, yeah. you know, uh, that has you rolling multiple die, and I know that there are cards out there that have you rolling two dice, mm -hmm. you know, then you could be drawing way more cards. Yeah. I, I don't think this has too many applications outside of dice rolling decks, but I think in a dice rolling deck, like, this is going to put up some work. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Next up, we have Diviner's Portent. It's an instant. X, blue, blue, blue. Roll a d20 and add the number of cards in your hand. So if you roll that d20 and add the cards in your hand and you get between a 1 and a 14, you draw X cards. But if you get 15 or over, scry X, then draw X cards. Ooh. So automatically, this card is just an instant speed, you know, draw X cards. Yeah. You know? It's like blue sun zenith. Yeah. Right? Or, or the, there was one from the commander, commander's insight or something like that from yeah. Strixhaven. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a playable card. Yes. Without rolling or anything like that. The floor of it is, it draws you cards. It's good. 
you can play it. Yeah, instant speed. Great. It'll be great. Okay. <laughs> so, so floor is great. And then now there's this funny little die rolling thing in there. And honestly, like a lot of times you'll have like three or four cards in your hand. So you have mm -hmm. a good chance of scrying a ton and then drawing a ton too. So this gives you another whole level of interaction. Yeah. Cause scry X draw X is becomes way better. This becomes like, you know, selection along with raw card draw. It's like a dig through time on steroids. Yeah. Because you'll likely have some cards in your hand. This is more or less like a 50, 50, chance yeah. at being able to scry so half the time it's a blue sun zenith which is still a great card and half the time it's a you scry a bunch and draw a bunch oh my which gosh, is like, like scry amazing. five draw five it's amazing Oof. okay not, like a, not every exactly deck not every deck can support blue 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 and not every deck can support the x but you'll know what deck if you have that deck you'll know it yep. you know and you will be able to cast this for five and six and seven uh for x and it's gonna be great gonna be i'm glorious. stoked it'll get you exactly what you need i love that yeah. And in the late game, when you just need action or you need something specific, that scry is going to make sure that everything you get is action. Mm -hmm. Woo! Oh, baby. <laughs> I like I, I like it a lot. Yeah, and I think it's pretty good. I think it's great. Okay. Next up, we have Song of Inspiration. Three green green for an instant. Choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard. Roll a d20 and add the total mana value of those cards. One to 14, return those cards to your hand. 1 to 15, return those cards to your hand, and you gain life equal to their mana value. 5 mana, get 2 permanents back to your hand. That's, like, pretty fine. Right. Yeah. We've seen cards that do this type of thing before, right? Where you get oh, yeah. 2 like, cards back at about 5-ish mana. You can get it for 4. You can. Yeah, you can get it for 4. Uh, and you can get one card back for 2. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have um, modal like Wildest Dreams where you can get one thing back for 3 and two things back for 5. Yeah. This is instant speed. Yeah, that's I true. I like instant speed. I don't like that it's just permanence, though. Yeah, that's that's the sad part. I want my regrowth or eternal witness type effects. I want to be able to get back what I want those instants, those sorceries. It probably just says permanent because they don't want you to chain them into each other. But I... I, I want to be able to, if here's the thing, tutors that are limited, you know, are way worse than tutors can get anything because tutors are better if they're every card in your deck, right? Yeah. This is a tutor for your graveyard. Mm -hmm. And so if your deck is built around uh, having really relevant permanents in your graveyard, then this gets fine, yeah. you know? But if you have things in your graveyard that are relevant, like removal spells mm -hmm. or board wipes or something like that, then this suddenly be, loses a lot of its value. What do you think about the gaining life? Because honestly, that's what sets this aside from other cards that are honestly a little bit better than it. I actually think it can be very good. Assuming you're not returning like lands or something with that, assuming you're doing like a four or five drops and stuff, maybe yeah. even something that's bigger, a finisher that got removed and you can get that back. Uh, you do add, right? You roll the d20 and then add the total mana value of those cards that you targeted. Yeah, so, so if you're going after something big, you're it's probably... It's very, very likely that you're going to be able to gain a ton of life, regardless of what you roll. Okay, so so I feel like this becomes more relevant in decks that where you want to gain that life, Yeah, right? Decks where you want to gain life and decks where you're going to be playing big-ish stuff. So like a Tristani deck where you want to gain that gain big life by paying big things, yeah. you know, maybe green black decks that put stuff into the graveyard, but also black leverages your life total a lot. So yeah. getting two things back and gaining life can, can work better than in other decks. Yeah. Those things seem perfect for the Overall, deck. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not overwhelmed by value in this. I'm like, eh, it's, it's yeah, I like other effects better. What makes me, a little bit curious is look at the art this is a song of inspiration right okay, so this is a bard okay yes okay. i can see that it's a bard pretty sure it's a bard because the person is playing music to other people 
right? So it's clearly <laughs> yeah. a, a riff on bardic inspiration. How in the clearly. world does this relate to bardic inspiration? Do you know what bardic inspiration is? I'm outraged. Of course I know <laughs> what bardic inspiration is. So bardic has. inspiration is a D&D ability it where... It pumps all the badgers nearby you. No. It Porcupines? Gives... What is this? No. Thing? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's this thing right there? It's a person. It's an armadillo? Oh, it's a person. It's a person with hair. So bardic inspiration... If you're a bard, you can use bardic inspiration to give somebody a d6 to use on checks, to use on attack rolls and stuff like that. So you're helping somebody else out. So how does that flavor mesh with this? First of all, you're rolling a d20, not a d6. Flavor fail right there. Ooh. Second of all, how are you helping other people out? You're just helping yourself out. You're just getting stuff back from the graveyard. It's true. That's not bardic inspiration. I Yeah, it should be pumping. You should be able to distribute counters or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah okay. what are we saying? We don't want card advantage or value. We want Green to pump things. Well, we want, here's the thing. Like, we saw so much good flavor. Now I'm expecting good flavor, right? Yeah. Like, I'm almost like, you've, you've convinced me on all these other cards <laughs> that it's just like, oh my gosh, they're just slam dunking the flavor. Also, Get out of here. Also, bards, they're like blue-red probably in the color pie, right? Because they're creatives and stuff. So of why, course. Is the, why is the card green? Of course they're blue. The, yeah, of course they're blue and red in the color pie. Okay. <laughs> On, All right, <laughs> that's our card advantage section. Let's move on to the limited amount of removal that we have. But I like this one. Yeah. Valiant Endeavor. It's four white, white, four sorcery. Roll 2d6 and choose one result. Destroy each creature with power greater than or equal to that result. Then create a number of 2-2 two, two white knight creature tokens with vigilance equal to the other result. So Six mana board wipes. Six mana board wipes. Okay. What do we think about six mana board wipes in general? Uh, they got to do a lot. Okay. They got to be like austere command where they have to be very flexible or are one-sided board wipes type thing once you start getting to that six mana area. Okay. Right. So can this be a one-sided board wipe with this dice rolling thing? Uh, quite likely because you can land on either end of the spectrum where you're playing small creatures and you want to wipe all the big creatures. You're playing big creatures and want to wipe all the small creatures. Well, don't you wipe the big creatures too if you... You can't just wipe all the small creatures. Destroy. Oh, I suppose so. So, so you, you have to only, be in a small... You have to be a small creature deck. Yeah, so you got to be a small creature deck in order to do that, which is fine because it's going to give you 2-2... Two, two Unless nuts. you roll two ones for some reason and then your plan is like destroyed. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of like Martial Coup. I like Marshall Coup. I like Marshall Coup too, but it's like a seven mana board wipe that'll leave you with like, what is it? Five one ones. Five one ones. Five one ones. You can pump more mana into it to get more So a six ones. mana board wipe that can leave you with like three one, three two twos. Yeah. That seems about right. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, now that you compare it to Marshall Coup, it feels a little bit better. You know, um, Phyrexian, don't remember the name Rebirth. of it. Rebirth. There we go. Yep. Phyrexian Rebirth <laughs> is a six mana board wipe that leaves you with a creature. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, something kind of like that, but the dice roll does make it a little bit iffy. And that's, you got to roll what you need. You want well, like one six and one, like two or three. Because there's on a where chance out there that like you need to kill something across the battlefield. And yeah. You roll two sixes and then you're like, sweet, my wand draws me two cards and I make six nights, but I, you did not board wipe what you needed to. Yeah, that, that might be a feel bad that you get sometimes with this card. I need my board wipes to be reliable, right? Yeah. Like I need them to do what they need to do and attaching dice to it seems not as good. But do you know what? It might be it might be powerful enough in those just right situations uh, that we you know and there's some level of control because you're rolling two dice and get to pick yeah and I do so, like that one result you usually want to be low and one result you usually want to be high and cool. so depending on what you need in that in that moment you can say okay if I get two high things that's fine I'll just get a ton of tokens I get two low things that's fine I'll just wipe the board it goes Both along with fine. my strategy of always rolling exactly what I need 
That's it. Yeah. That's what you got to okay. do. Just roll exactly what you need. This card will be fine. Next up, we've got Clay Golem. It's four mana for a four four artifact creature golem. Remember when four mana four four golems like just Had like in artifacts? It was like a drawback. <laughs> it's like drawback. never gonna happen. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is just a four mana four four. You can ramp into this pretty easily. But again, four fours need to do a little bit of something in our format, right, Murph? I'd play it if it was just a four mana four four. Like that just seems so good. <laughs> an artifact <laughs> creature synergizes with so much. Not an elk though, so we Not can't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can pay six and roll a d8 monstrosity x where x is the result berserk when clay golem becomes monstrous destroy target permanent so this hmm. feels like meteor golem a little bit yeah you know it definitely does so four mana to get on the battlefield six to monstrous mm -hmm. so you are investing 10 mana to destroy something but yeah. a lot is to be said about doing things in installments right yeah but this gets pretty big it's already a four four if you just roll a d6 on a, or a d8 sorry your odds of getting like between a four and four and a five or whatever mm -hmm. you know so you get a four this becomes an eight eight that's that's fine that right? seems pretty good an an eight eight that you've gotten there over two turns that destroyed something yeah and it destroys any permanent which is great yeah i like to destroy lands you're a terrible person. You know that? Yeah. This is great. <laughs> I like destroying yeah. like guys cradles. How about that? Okay, fine. We'll agree on that. I like yeah. destroying guys cradles. <laughs> DJ's like basic island. Basic. Get it out of here. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing the overpowered card island, it deserves <laughs> to get destroyed. Come on. Yeah. Um, here's the downside though. Yeah. Um, Meteor Golem sees a lot of play because it can be flickered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it can be uh, bounced and replayed a little bit more. Like there's there's some different ways to get it. I think that this sees some advantage if you have some plus one plus one counter synergies. Like if you flicker it, you still have to pay six. Like it resets the monstrosity, but you still have to pay six. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't think you really want this in a deck where you uh, put it in the graveyard, reuse it, flicker it or something like that. I, I think Meteor Golem still fills that role. Mm -hmm. But I like this card a lot in that uh, it, when Meteor Golem comes out and does its thing, it's just a measly 3-3. Three, three. This thing can attack. It can do things. Worst case scenario after you monstrosity, you've blown something up and it's a 5-5. Five, five. That is like the floor. But it's also possible. But yeah, blowing something up is just good. But it's also possible that it's a 12-12. Which is also huge. <laughs> 12 is big. 12 is big. All right, yeah. Or you I can like get anywhere in between. I, I think this goes great in like big mana decks that awesome. are looking for removal. All right. We're moving on to the unexpected creatures. Surprise creature. Wow. All right. So this surprise is going to be Ride to the Avalanche. That's kind of a surprise. Green and a blue. Instant. The next spell you cast this turn can be cast as though it had flash. When you cast your next spell this turn, put X plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature where X is the mana value of that spell. That's interesting. Flash creature in. Gave a creature in. Savage summoning a creature in. Yep. Or anything, actually. It can quicken something in. Although, it's quicken isn't a good comparison because quicken draws your card. Yeah. This doesn't draw your card. This lets you put plus one, plus one counters on it. Yeah. So, it's it can give flash to any type of spell. It can be creatures. Board it can wipe. be board wipe. It can okay. be whatever. But it does care about creatures specifically. So, I, I feel like you probably still want this in a deck that has a decent amount of creatures. Mm -hmm. that are just chilling there the thing that i don't like about it is you can't put those one one counters say you flash out a creature you can't put those one 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 counters on the creature that yeah you because it says when you sad. cast your next spell then you put the counters on it so your creature has to already be on the battlefield yeah the, if you cast a creature with this the creature's going to be on the stack and this ability will be like okay well you cast that creature now put one one counters on all of the cards on your battlefield or one of the creatures on your battlefield it can't see the thing that's already on the stack because it's not on the battlefield yet so that's a little bit sad so you basically you need this to be like in a super sneaky deck yeah. or you need this to be in a deck that cares about plus one plus one counters um 
Craig likes it because, and I, I mean, we got into a little back and forth because he says that sneaking in infect creatures is very important Mm -hmm. or uh, putting plus one plus one counters on infect creatures at instant speed is important too. That's true. So just being able to be like two mana, cast anything, pump this creature up. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you are using a card in order to do it. And there's already stuff that like Vidalcan Ori, there's even lands that'll let you pay two mana and flash something out. You are absolutely right. Without, it doesn't have that plus one, plus one counter uh, writer on it. So it feels but, like you need the plus one, plus one counters because the flash is, is fine and there are other things that do it better. Yeah. So there's definitely other things that do the flash part better. Yeah. Okay. So how many plus one, plus one counters do you need for this to be good? You'd already like to have some sort of plus one, plus one counter synergy on the battlefield. Because that would be pretty sick if you just doubled plus one plus one counters and you put like six on. Now that's twelve, and now it's a giant thing on the board. So you, so your instinct is to say, I want twelve counter. I want this to generate twelve counters. Yes. Okay. So we can see that, like in Murph's not going to be playing this with this card because twelve counters is magical. Well, I also don't have a plus one plus one counter deck, but I I feel like that's the home that this wants to have, if anything at all. All right, so needs testing in plus one, plus one counter decks can do some sneaky stuff in sneaky decks. Or maybe uh, I'll just die to infect and be like, man, that card's yeah, actually... Yeah, we, like, we gotta wait and <laughs> let Craig kill us with infect. All right, last card. We have Ebony Fly. It's a two-mana artifact. Ebony Fly enters the battlefield tapped. It taps for a colorless mana. Just a little fly. It comes in and goes, hey, have a colorless. Have a colorless. But it's just an artifact, not an artifact creature. Oh, it's just an artifact. But then... I know, right? Because it's a fly... <sighs> Well, why, why is a fly, you, why just, is an fly just an artifact? Because it can be animated. You can pay four and roll a d6 until end of turn. You may have any fly become an XX insect artifact creature with flying, where X is the result. Whenever Ebony Fly attacks, another target attacking creature gains flying until end of turn. So, Ebony Fly at its base level is a little two mana artifact. Two mana artifacts are totally fine. We play two mana ramp spells. Two mana ramp spells are way better than three mana ramp spells. So it's just this little fly that taps for mana, but then in the late game, pay four. Not an unreasonable amount to turn your fly on. Mm-hmm. Roll a d6, you know. Mm-hmm. Odds are it's becoming a 3-3 three, three flyer. Could be yeah. a 6-6 six, six flyer. Could be a 6-6 six, six flyer. But more importantly, it lifts up another creature. It says, hey, big dinosaur next to you. Hey, a big commander that's a 7-7, seven, seven, turning other things into 7-7s. Seven, yep. Hey, you know, person that liked the winged boots so much, <laughs> you know. Flies I'm going <laughs> to give a lift to some other big chonky boy and get in for more damage. On its floor, it's amazing. And I'm overselling this because Murph said he didn't like the fly and I love the fly. Uh, the fly's fine. I- I'm not saying that the fly is a bad card. But Love. at its base, if you're not going to use that extra ability, it is four mana to do. If you pay two mana and it's an artifact that enters the battlefield tapped and adds a colorless, that's not a great. Good, it's great. That's not a good two it's mana great. artifact. It's, it's not a, a good, good two, two mana, mana artifact, artifact, DJ. It's fantastic. <laughs> Most two mana artifacts. What would you rather tapped, have? Thought. What would you rather have? This or thought vessel? Thought vessel. We ten disagree. out of ten. It enters untapped. Ten out of ten. Okay. Maybe Murph and I are going to fight out of on camera. Nine out of ten. Right now. <laughs> There's definitely homes for this. There's definitely homes for this. Uh, homes but, are in any deck that wants to attack. That has a big creature on the battlefield. I do like I do like decks that have big creatures on the battlefield. Didn't you just say that you like the creature Blightsteel Colossus and wish you could give it flying? I do. This could give it flying, couldn't it? It could. <laughs> so then it I could, could just give a lot of creatures somebody. flying. You give any creature flying. <laughs> it could be this own little fly that just goes bzz, poke. Poke. Granted, like that's not its its base value is just yeah. a rock. But come on, like your thought vessel might work every so often. Mm-hmm. I wonder how often you're gonna activate this and swing it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see like how often that four mana does get paid. That okay. So here's the thing. That's what we need to figure out. Yeah. Because I'm imagining me activating this once a game mm-hmm. in the right deck. And then Murph is thinking, well, I'm hardly ever gonna activate this, so I want a rock that doesn't come into play tapped. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I've taken a lot of um the lands that have some sort of utility on them where you pay mana into them and they do something. I've taken a lot of those out of my deck because I've realized, well, how much do I often use those? Very rarely. Although that's a good, that's a good thing for everyone to do. Just kind of like reflect on how often you're using those, those free activated abilities on your lands, on your artifacts and stuff like that. So here's what we got to do. We got to just put these in decks. We got to just get a Sharpie out and we got to just sort of mark when Ebony Fly is good or bad. And then... <laughs> good mark, bad mark. <laughs> exactly. Just like Mana Crypts, you know? Just that's what you do to Mana Crypts, right? You do good and you win and lose. Win <laughs> and lose from there. Uh, and then we just got to test it, right? Yeah. I think it's great. Murph thinks that he would rather have a Thought Vessel. Tell us what you think in the comments down below. I'm a Please. fan of Ebony Fly. Okay. So we are going to talk about the... Excellent job. Oh, thank you. (laughs) What are the stats of this deck? Well, let's just break it down. Murph, what we got here? All right, so we have nine total pieces of ramp, nine total pieces of card draw, nine targeted removal pieces, and three board wipes. That's pretty good, DJ. That's really good. That's about where we want to be. That's super well-rounded, honestly. Like, that just feels like a balanced deck. And in looking at this deck and breaking it down, like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Like, there's solid pieces of ramp in here that you're going to want in your commander deck. Uh, There's good uh, top-tier pieces of single-target removal. Like, I am very excited about how well-balanced this deck is going to play. And so if you pick this up and just bust it out of the box, it's going to be able to hang with the average commander deck that is ramping, that is drawing cards. Yeah, it'll do the thing. It'll draw you some cards. It'll ramp you. It'll deal with what needs to be dealt with. Do you know what else the thing it's going to do is? What? Suit up. Heck yeah. It is. This deck is filled with auras and artifacts and uh, equipment specifically. Uh, basically, it's all about loading up a creature with those auras and equipments. There are 20 cards that are equipment that care about equipment, and there are 14 cards that care about auras. There is some overlap. Like, you know, this... Uh, some of these cards that pull back equipments or auras, like we count mm-hmm. them in both categories. But basically, there's a critical mass of these. Yeah. Like this is a big theme in the deck. And so you're always gonna be paying attention to, well, what equipments do I have? What auras do I have? How am I suiting things up? Um, there's the occasional card in here that only cares about equipment or only cares about auras, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's something to think about, you know, how am I building this deck? How much overlap is it, you know? Uh, but overall I like the theme of caring about both auras and equipment together because it's different because we have aura decks out there. We have equipment decks out there. Let's bring them together. I do too. And I like that they do have a critical mass of equipments and auras. And I like that they have a critical mass of overlap, which is really the key in order to making the strategy work. So Murph, does this deck sound fun to you? Fun to play? Yes, please. Can I play it right now? Actually, yeah, we can. We can finish up this podcast. We can, <laughs> All we right, we're right here. Now. We're gonna go okay. play a game of Magic. Uh, why does it sound fun to you? Like, what uh, what about it has uh, in, entranced you so far? Um, the the unique like cross synergies between everything, I think, right? Because you do care about auras, you do care about equipments, you do care about Voltron, and you do care about all this stuff. But it's not 
splitting the deck in too many different directions. Mm -hmm. Like it is possible to take the deck one way or the other, but I think at its core, if you just take it out of the box and play with it, it will play just fine. It sounds like you're describing a balanced deck, you know? And I it's think not that's like what this so, is, DJ. <laughs> and it's not so focused in on one thing that you're doing one thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's balanced. It both, it balances auras and equipments. It has a really cool thing, but also your commander isn't just caring about attacking too. Yeah. It's caring about playing stuff up the top and cheating man on equipping and stuff like that. So it feels like it's, it's doing more than just, I'm going to suit something up and turn it sideways. Yeah, I've talked with this about Josh before, about the thing you don't want to do with your deck is you don't want to take it in too many different directions. That's how your deck just starts to fall apart and not coalesce. It doesn't, it doesn't have any cohesion, right? So being able to focus on, you got two things, you have ores, you have equipment, you got support for both, right? Just being able to focus on those things, I think, is, is really important. Good. All right. Great. That sounds awesome. Okay, I want to play this for sure. Um, all right. But here's the thing. These decks are almost always fun, you know? Uh, but a lot of times the barrier for picking one of these up is, does it make sense financially? Like, is it worth the money that I'm gonna put into getting one of these pre-constructed decks? Like, am I gonna get my return on value on investment? Mm -hmm. So we're gonna take a look at the financial value of this deck. One thing to note, is that we are looking at reprints only. These cards aren't out in the world right now. There are no prices for any of these cards. We have no idea what they're worth. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we are looking at the reprints only. We're also looking at the reprints before anyone else has seen the reprints or valued them or done anything. One thing that's great though, is that we do this same technique, the same method for every single pre-constructed deck. And we've done this for years. And so we have the same data to pull for all of our decks so we could compare the deck's value. So let's put some context in there. Uh, Commander 2019, what was the average reprint value, Murph? Average reprint value of Commander 2019 was $80. That's all right. It's pretty good. All right. Um, yeah, Commander 2020, the Ikoria set. $96, even better. Ooh, even better. Okay. What about Strixhaven that just came out? So the average reprint value for that was $88. Which, by the way, turns out to be pretty average. When, yeah. we, when we go back even further and pull other data, we found that $87 seems to be the average. Yeah. All right. I think the highest from that one was the Oscar deck. That was like $103, I believe. Okay, cool. Said it was. So that was so like the top, top end. The top end for that was like $103. All yeah, right. Which is so, awesome. Commander 2021, all, again, <laughs> but this is Adventures in Forgotten Realms. The Commander pre-constructed decks from this. Aura of Courage, the Bant pre-constructed deck. The reprint value is... $138.65. What in the world? How did they jam so much value in here? <laughs> we went from an average of 88 to 138? That's more than the price of a booster box. I can buy like one the and a half booster boxes with the value in this. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. $138. That is... That's epic, honestly. That's so, so we gotta we gotta break it down. We gotta look at these reprints. Yeah, we gotta see where the value is and how these reprints are going. Is there just like one hundred dollar card in here that's like messing with all the numbers? Well, let's take a look. So the major reprints uh, we have seven cards in total that are over five dollars. Uh, the deck average for Strixhaven decks was there were only three cards over five dollars in each deck. That wow, was more that than average. double the number of five dollar plus cards. Yeah. Okay. So the top ones are Heroic Intervention at about $15. Whoa, so there isn't a weird skew where there's like no. one really, really expensive card. We saw that with the Lorehold deck that we broke down, mm -hmm. right? Because there was like the Thousand Year Elixir and the Hellkite Tyrants and that gobbled up most of its value. Got it. So the top card is, is 15 bucks. By the way, Heroic Intervention. Still a great card. So <laughs> amazing. Still a great card. By the way, new art. 
Yeah. It's beautiful. Ooh, love it's it. awesome. I love it. Right, that's great. All right, let's keep going. All right, we got Sword of the Animist at $15. I did not realize that this card was so expensive. Do you know what? It crept up because yeah. it's just good. Yeah, it's great. They reprinted it a couple times, but it hasn't seen like super mass reprinting, so I'm really glad to see it here. It's an equipment deck. Fits great with the theme. Absolutely. Another one, Utopia Sprawl at $14. The Mana Ramp. It's an uncommon, DJ. Uncommon. I, I got to say, like cheap aura-based uh, ramp, is very good. Yeah. Like, just, you should be playing it in a lot of your different green decks, not just decks that care about auras, but in this deck where you can play it off the top, ooh, good yeah. stuff. I'm glad. Here goes all your friend. super aura stuff. I love that. Okay. Yep. Didn't know it was 14 bucks, though. I didn't either. Okay. I knew no, it get that price. Get that price down. All right. Next, we got Pure Steel Paladin at $13 loves equipment that's now this is one of the cards that is really good in equipment decks but mm -hmm. doesn't trigger on auras yeah but it does still, nothing for auras but is absolutely fantastic in equipment decks but yeah but like and also having a 13 dollars card that is a staple of equipment decks yeah. is great yeah okay next we got nature's lore at 650 also with new art beautiful and new art also i didn't know it was six dollars and fifty cents <laughs> i know but we said like this is again ramp you know it's yeah. two mana ramp it's cheap ramp it's not as good as ebony fly just kidding it's better than ebony fly uh slightly better than ebony fly <laughs> but it's it's just an amazing card and so i'm glad that again that gets cheaper you could play with more efficient ramp uh-huh next we got imprisoned in the moon at five dollars i didn't know this was five dollars too but yeah i've been know. i've ran it in braids for the longest time and aura based removal you know, that can strand a commander on the battlefield is great. Um, also, uh, it's mana ramp in blue, right? Yeah, I believe it hits planeswalkers too, Ooh. which is pretty pretty snazzy. <laughs> and then we got greater good at five dollars. This one was like just reprinted in double masters, but Doesn't I'm still glad to see it here because this is a nutty card. If you're playing green and you have creatures, which if you're playing green, you probably are. <laughs> greater yeah. good, oh is man, excellent. Big creatures can draw you so many things. Just imagine, so we've good. got like belt of strength in here, making oh something a ten ten. Oh my goodness! You know goodness. what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you got the the giant that can turn something into a seven seven. You're like, okay, I'm gonna turn my stupid thing into a seven seven i'm gonna attack with it and then i'm gonna sacrifice it to greater good yeah someone's like i'm gonna remove your seven seven and you're like okay that's fine i'll just sack it and draw a billion cards i'm gonna steal your voltron guy and do a lot of damage with it no nope, i'm just sack no, it, I'm just gonna sack it. yeah i'm fine it's great Woof. yeah a lot of these are so a lot of these are not just like there is the pure steel paladin that is equipment based only the very specific mm -hmm. equipment based decks but a lot of these are just great staples yeah absolutely like just ramp and uh card draw and removal Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. like I've, I've played plenty of these cards before and plenty of my commander decks and will continue to do so. So I'm glad to see a lot of them here. Amazing. If we look at all the cards over $2 in value, there are 22 of them. Ooh, baby. That includes the ones that are over $5 because five is more than two. Even so. Um, but then Strixhaven's deck average was 14 cards over $2. So this is going well beyond getting to that 22 mark. Some just a few of the mentions out there we've got some great equipment basilisk collar colossus hammer and swift foot boots with new art love it so these are all just great pieces of equipment that you've included in this deck but also they've upgraded the the mana base a little bit too mm. they've included cards like canopy vista port town and fortified village in this deck uh really giving you a little bit more of a well-rounded mana base because this is three colors and sometimes the mana bases can get a little bit sticky yeah these are not you know, shock lands in here. That's not fetch lands, but getting, you know, two to three or $4 reprints of lands yeah. and bringing the price down makes all budget decks work a little bit better. So I'm really happy to see just all of these cards that creep up in price a little bit, getting those budget duels a little bit cheaper. Yeah. So much better. We want to keep these at a dollar for all the budget players or just everybody in general. For me too. Yeah. For, for us too. <laughs> we, we, we want to build decks with cards like these in them. So absolutely. 
so what do you think about all of these, of all the reprints? Like, we didn't even touch on the entire reprints, but we have about these specific of them. ones. I know, <laughs> We right? have so much time. Yeah. What do you think? This is really good. I love to see this. I was impressed with the lore hold stuff from last time, but this is just even better. I know. I can't I, believe it. It's really, it's really cool. <laughs> Wizards right. keeps outdoing themselves, and hopefully they'll continue to blow my mind. What if it gets to $200 reprints? Okay, maybe that's a little bit much. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me, are you excited about this deck? Are you going to build these commanders? What cards do you think slot perfectly into Aura of Courage? Tell us in the comments down below. Also, I want to thank Wizards of the Coast for this free preview. Thank, thank you, much. Wizards. And I also want to thank Guard Kingdom because they sponsor the Command Zone. And if you go on over there... Use our affiliate link. Get all the cards that you need. It's pretty awesome. They have all of the theme stuff. Uh, I believe they have like themed play mats and sleeves specifically for this commander that'll come out at some point. I mean, uh, if you're getting a themed play mat or sleeve, you should look at Ultra Pro. Yeah. Over on Card Kingdom. Over <laughs> at your <laughs> local game store. Zone. Yeah. Um, Ultra Pro is great. They got the amazing art for it. So get all of your Ultra Pro products out there. Uh, if you like Ultra Pro deck boxes, we have one on Kickstarter. Maybe. We don't even know if it's still on Kickstarter. Yeah. But hopefully it is. Head on over there right now. We're reminding you again before they're all sold out because they're in limited quantity. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no end step because this is an extra episode. We got a lot of these. We got a lot of extra <laughs> episodes. Got plenty of stuff coming out. Stay tuned. Notification bell. Subscribe. Whole shebang. You know what to do. This is YouTube. Tell us who else to thank, Murph. Big thanks to our amazing editing team here at the Command Zone. We've got Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, that is me, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Gulati, and Dan Sheehan. And I'm DJ from the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel. Murph, it was so nice to do a podcast with you, especially one as exciting as previewing this deck. I am thrilled to see what else we have in this Dungeons & Dragons set. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It was fun breaking this down, and hopefully a lot of you guys had fun uh, seeing all these brand new cards, because I know I did. Absolutely. All right, special thanks to Jeffy Palmer. He does a lot of art for us at Living Cards MTG. And thank you for watching. We'll see you all really soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.